Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today in the house? Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited for those of you who are at home with us today, part of our family. We're so glad you're here as well. Um, we're in a series called Relationship Goals, and I just got to say this right before I get going. Today, um, like, I don't have any magic, like, pills to swallow. Like, I don't have any new information. I am not trying to elicit a certain emotion from you. I just want to help, and that's what this series has been about. It's what our EXO conference was a, a few weeks ago. I just want to help folks who are in relationships, who are, who are married, whatever your status is. We just want to help get you ready for what God wants and, and what God has uh, for you. So I want to just start out by asking you something. Let me just see a show of hands in the room and also those of you at home. We, we want you to participate as well. Uh, how many of you are, are married or are in a long-term relationship? Hands up in the room. Hands up online. Don't, we're, we're, look, we're watching you. Come on. Look around. Look around. All right. All right. So now here's, here's the, this is participation day, y'all. I don't know if I drank too much Mountain Dew or Big Red today. I don't know what happened, but I'm a little jacked up. I'm a little bit those of you who are in the first service, it was like, what happened to Danny? I don't know. There's no telling what might come out of my mouth today. Anyways, Rachel's already nervous. Uh, anyways, how many of you uh, in long-term relationships, married, whatever, you had a fight or argument in the last month? Hands up. Come on, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hands. That'll start a new fight. Can't be honest at church. How about in the last week, anybody? On the way to church? In the last song, come on, come on, <laughs> jerk, wait till we get home, you know, tossing elbows. Let's, hey, look, can we just have a no elbow throwing zone in the house today and at home? Come on, no, no elbows, because there's going to be some possibilities for opportunities for that. Just leave them. They don't help. Um, let's be honest. Conflict is inevitable in life. It just, it is. If you are in a relationship with somebody it's just a part of your life, and you're like, not us, not yet. I'm like, you hadn't been together long enough. The rest of us are like, just you wait. You know, anyways. What makes it so difficult um, to navigate conflict is that we're just all so different, right? We've all come from different families of origin. So some of your families handled conflict by not handling conflict, right? We just don't do conflict. We sweep it under the rug. We ignore it. We, uh, we pretend like everything's fine when it's not. Some of you came from homes where every day was a battle, right? Folks were yelling all night long, so now as a grown-up, you're like, your noisemaker to help you sleep at night is people yelling, because you're like, I can't sleep without people yelling in the background. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody noisemaker fans in the house today, right? It's like when I go camping, I have to turn on street noises so I can sleep. It's like, it's too quiet out here, you know what I'm saying? Um, Every marriage is different. Every family's different, and this is what makes conflict inevitable, and every person in the family is different. If you have a household where there are kids involved and are multiple people in, in the house, there's a lot of different personalities. You, you've got, I want to just give you a few of them. You've got the peacekeeper. This is a personality that's in your house, and the peacekeeper is a person who just doesn't want to fight. They want to avoid conflict. You know, we just don't, can't we just all get along? You know what I'm saying? We, 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 don't want to, we don't want to jack up the image that everybody has that we're perfectly good. Now, it's interesting because Jesus actually talked about this in, in the Beatitudes, which is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says in Matthew 5 and 9, he says, Blessed are the, would you say this with me? Blessed are the makers 
not the peacekeepers, it's the peacemakers, for they, they will be called, the peacemakers will be called children of God. And, and so he doesn't say peacekeepers. Peacekeepers want to avoid conflict. They want to work around it. They just don't want to deal with it. Uh, and this is why Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, because a peacemaker will embrace conflict. Like, it's part of life. It's just how it happens. We're, gonna work, no, we're not going to work around the issues. We're going to work on the issues. We're going to work through the issues. Can I get an amen? That's what a peacemaker does. And then you have, you have in your household, you have the powder. Come on, everybody. It's like, what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Well, why are you in the corner with your mouth, your lips poked out? I'm fine, right? I'm fine. You got the stuffer, right? This is the person that ignores their feelings about anything. They have no feelings, right? I'm fine. It's just good. It's all good when it's, we're all going, mm, tell your face that because you're not good, right? <laughs> you, you got the lawyer in your household. Come on, y'all know what the lawyer is? This is the person who's awesome at arguing. They're the actual Texas hammer. We will hammer you. <laughs> Don't tell him because he'll, he'll sue me for libel or something. They can recall things that you said when you were four, right? They have data to support what, why you're wrong. They have pie charts, graphs. Come on. They have memes from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, uh, they have quotes. They have a pointer, like to point at you, like a laser pointer. It's like you're the defendant at all times. Funny, funny story out in the lobby after the first service, people were like, he's a pro bono lawyer. He's not really, he doesn't get paid to be a lawyer. He just does it at home for free. I was like, see, that's, that's not helpful. You know, you shouldn't throw them under the bus. You, you got the screamer, right? Come on, the screamer is what happens to the stuffer after a long time, right? The stuffer is like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then the kettle boils over, and then you got the screamer. I'm not yelling. I'm just intense. Come on, y'all heard this person, right? That was my go-to response. Why are you yelling? I just asked you to put the toilet seat down. I'm not yelling. This is just how I am. This is yelling, Right? You ever have, they have to demonstrate to you what yelling is. It's like a how never level of, of noise. This is, th these personalities, this is what makes conflict inevitable and makes it so complicated. So, so let, let me take this another layer deeper. Let, let me tell you the truth about all of you in the room, all of you who are watching at home. Uh, um, none of you, none of us came out of the womb being nice. My baby was cute and sweet. Nope, listen. Um, we were born with zero people skills. I want you to think about this. After you took your first breath, what happened next? You started screaming at people. Immediately you started demanding to be noticed. You started wanting everybody to know how uncomfortable you were out here in the real world. You were born. We were born with bad manners. Right? Right or wrong? We were born innately selfish. You don't have to teach your kids to be selfish. They just are. And it took us years to learn just the basic social rules, didn't it? Your mom was telling you, use your words. Instead of screaming and yelling, and back in the day, they didn't say use your words. It was like, stop yelling. <laughs> Good old days, man. Use your words. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding ish, you know, <laughs> right? Um, one, of the, one of the first words you ever learned was what? Mine, right? And when your mom or dad said, you need to learn how to share, that made your hair stand up on the back of your neck. Like it was like an evil word, share. 
Like, like, let me tell you how bad it is. It's so bad that somebody had to teach us not to bite each other, right? It's not okay to bite, little vampire baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My mother said I was a biter when I was a kid. Um, and she's like, and then so one day, to teach me not to bite, she bit me, she said. Isn't that funny? Like, don't bite or I'll bite you. And it's like, but you just showed me how to do it better, you know? <laughs> Uh, so, we had to learn how to communicate. We had to learn how to resolve conflicts, negotiate, forgive, give, receive. And then this myriad of other social abilities. And most of this we were learning like in kindergarten and pre-K and stuff. Now, here's the bad news, right? Some of us never quite learned those lessons or we got like a Z in, in those lessons, right? So, so today, in this series called Relationship Goals, we're... We've been giving you goals, man, hashtag goals for things that we could aspire to. I want to give you two. It's like a two-for-one day, so be glad you came. It's like an Oprah's day where she gives out things and doing two. In your, in your mind, you're going, does that mean it's going to be longer? Yeah, it does. All right, so two, fight fair and listen well. Fight fair, listen well. So, so let's talk about your most recent fight, those of you who were fighting during the last song. Was it over something big or was it over something small, Right? Something silly even now in retrospect, you're like, eh, kind of silly. For, for most of us, it's usually something small, and I'll just tell you what Rachel's and I is, she's so mad that she came and sat on the front row today. I, I have, I'm, I'm the primary cook, she's been, she cooks too, but I'm the primary cook in our house. Uh, like if I didn't, wasn't a pastor, I would want to have a restaurant, no question about it, I would want to do that. Um, and so I make a large mess when I cook. Uh, I'm just like all over, like, you know, because at a restaurant you have four or five people doing all the cooking. I'm like one guy and four people. So I make a big mess. And so I'll be like, I'll put this spatula right here and I'll turn around to do something and I'll look back and it's gone because I'm married to the world's fastest cleaner upper. <laughs> it's already in the trash or in the dishwasher. Like, where's that thing at? And that, that starts most... Am I right? It's most of our arguments. She's amazing at cleaning, and I'm amazing at messing. And that's uh, how it is. Most of the times, though, your fights are probably over little things, and most of the time, the thing that you're fighting about is not the thing that's actually bothering you. Because there's always the thing beneath the thing. And let me tell you how I know this, because if you get into a real fight about the toilet paper coming over the top or the toilet paper coming underneath, when everybody knows it should come over the top, it's just basic science, man. <laughs> Physics, even. But you start fighting about the toilet paper, and if it gets into a real fight, guess what will happen? You will not be fighting about the toilet paper. Do you remember last week when you said that thing to me? That's the thing you want to fight about, not the toilet paper. Not you put up my spatula right? Or my whatever, right? I have 47 tongs now because you just don't, you, you need more. Like you can't take them all from me. What was I talking? Oh yeah. yeah. You ever notice that your spouse can tick you off quicker than anyone else in the whole planet, right? Somebody the first person was like, yes! Glad you're listening. It's really nice. You have a shorter fuse with them, really, than anyone else. Somebody else can say something to you, and you're like, <laughs> zing, you know, you got me. Your spouse says it, and you're like, oh, really? Come over here again, say that to my face. <laughs> you know, 
just want to remind people that I have this in case you want to come at me <laughs> on the stage. I don't like what that man said. I have a knife. That's all I'm saying. Listen, do you know why it's true that we hurt the people closest to us more than anybody else? It's because they're closest to us. What? Yeah. It's because they're in proximity to us and we let our masks down at home and we say things that we would never say in the workplace or in the marketplace. We do things that we'd never do anywhere else. And so conflict becomes more painful, more energized at home because we drop the social norms at home, right? All of the frustrations that we have from work and traffic and the social media, we have no power to vent them out there because it's not, we'll get fired, right? We, we will often do that at home. And so marriage is not easy, right? It's not easy for the same reason that all relationships that are long-term are not easy because it involves two sinners coming together. Do you call us a sinner? The Bible does. I'm just, I'm just, I'm one of them too, right? When a marriage or a long-term relationship gets in most trouble is when I start to think that the other sinner that I'm married to is a bigger sinner than me and I become preoccupied with their sin and, 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 and don't deal with my own. I become flaw-focused, I focus on the flaws and not their graces and their goodness and their, and their wins. And after having counseled for couples for several years now, I don't really do it anymore because I'm frankly not very good at it because I have zero patience and I just want to go, could you get to the point so I can tell you what to do? And then you won't do it, so then you'll come back next week and say, it didn't work. Did you do it? No. Okay, that's why I stopped. Is that, is that too honest? You're like, should you say that? I just did. All right. Um. At, 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 the, at the base, I think is just this, and I think this is the issue with all of humanity and why we're in the trouble we're in in our culture is we've lost basic respect for each other. Respect that used to be just given because these are human beings, regardless of their race, their, their, their color, regardless of who they are, because they're all created, every one of us, in the image of God. The imago Dei, the image of God, right? It, we're all created in that. And so as a result of that, regardless of any other thing, we're all created in the image of God. And so we deserve basic human respect. And we lose that and we've lost that in our culture. And now we tend, over the time, after you let that go for a long time, we start to look one, at one another with contempt. So fighting fair, if you're going to fight fair, if that's a goal, is fundamentally about respect, uh, uh, respecting the opinions and the feelings of your significant other. And I think that everybody you know, despite all of our differences, has things in common. We, we want to be seen. We, we want to be heard. We want to be valued. And can I say, we want to be important to somebody. We want somebody in this world to go, this person's important. They, they have high value. We want to be appreciated, and when, and when we don't get these basic human needs, particularly from our spouse, it, it makes us feel small, right? It, it shrinks our world. It, it makes us feel less than, which makes us feel angry, which makes us feel insecure, and it makes us defensive, sometimes unnecessarily so. And what makes it worse is that out in the real world, out there, not in our home, but out there, we, we, we often don't feel seen. We often don't feel heard or understood or valued at work or, or wherever. Certainly not on the road. Can I get an amen on that, right? Brother be cutting you off and waving the right finger of fellowship at you, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so then when we walk into the house and we get that there as well, 
here's what happens. We want something that we feel like is owed to us, that we deserve, seen, heard, felt, under, understood. We don't get them. That leads to conflict. Conflict happens, listen, because I want something and I'm not getting what I want. So you're like, I don't know about that. Okay, so James writes, this is James chapter 4. James, who is the little half-brother of Jesus, says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Well, don't they come from, look, look at this with me, your desires, right? That battle where? Within you? You desire, but do not have, so you, you kill. Now, he's being hyperbolic here, of course, not physically. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And here's at the bottom line. You do not have because you don't ask God. Do you know what's being implied here? It's not just, hey, you're not praying about it. God, would you fix my husband? God, would you fix my wife? God, would you fix my family? That's part of it. But what, what, what James is saying is you're asking of people what only God can give you. You're asking people to fill holes and voids inside of you that only actually God can. You don't have what you want because you're not asking God to give you what you want. So James places the blame on the argument, the conflicts that we have in life at home on things that are inside of us. Now, I, inside of us. Now, I'd push back on that and say, no, 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 no. And, uh, James, you weren't there at our recent fight. It was what she said. No, no, no. It was what he, he did. And James said, nope, nope, nope. See, there's a common enemy, a common source, if you will, of the conflict and the conflagration that is in our world today, and it's, it's something inside of you. You have a desire. That's what the word he uses. You have a desire, and in every single conflict and in every single case, there's a desire inside of you, an unmet need, an unhealed wound inside of you that is spilling out on people around you. In other words, you're not getting what you want, and after a time, you're getting angrier and angrier about that, and that anger is coming out of you onto other people, and James says, I don't care what the scenario is. Let me tell you something. The genesis of the quarrels and fights amongst you, it's always starting inside of you. You do not have what you want, and he says, so you kill. Hyperbole here, obviously, but, but his point is valid. When it comes to our own families, there are some things that we want so bad that when we don't get them, we're willing to hurt those we love with our words, with our actions, with the way that we are pa use passive aggression, with the way that we lock people out. We want them so badly that we'll hurt the very people we love the most, which is why the people we love the most are often the people we hurt the most. This is why. You desire, you don't get, so you hurt, so you cross lines that you shouldn't cross, and this is why the people who are the closest to us make us mad and why we hurt the people we love the most. At the heart of all that is somebody wanted, you wanted somebody to do, act, be. They didn't. You desire, but you, ha you don't have, so you kill. We're not getting what we want. Come on, if we just started there. I'm not, you know what the problem is? Can we practice this? Say this with me. Fingers out. Come on, come on, get your fingers out. You know what the problem is? This is weak, man. This is not good. Ready, ready? You know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. 
That was like a C minus. If, if in the next fight you have, you just said, wait, 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 time out. You know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. You're already ahead. You're already ahead. Trust me. You're already ahead. If respect for one another is at the forefront of a relationship, meaning it leads the way, then the inevitable fighting that we will all experience because we just fight with each other sometimes will almost always result in resolution rather than just fighting because, well, that's who we've become. That's just who we are. We're just a fighting couple. C.J. Mahaney once said something to the effect of that if we, we'd all live with more peace in our relationships, if we spent time looking for what he said he called the evidences of grace, then we did the evidences of sin or our flaws. Like if I became grace-focused rather than flaw-focused, we'd all live with more peace. Wow. All couples will fight. Will you fight fierce or will you fight fair? Will you argue with respect? Will you disagree with respect? Or will you argue in a fight in a dirty way? So I, I want to I give you a few rules about how to fight fair. And I'm going to try to finish on time. You can pray for me now. Um, James, in chapter 1 of his, of his letter, he says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Now, if you've never read the book of James from start to finish, please do. I think it's... I can't believe, it. I think it's six chapters, but I could, it could be five. It's, you're like, you're the pastor and you don't know how many, ch- sorry, it's like it's gone. All of it's just loaded with wisdom, but James is careful to say, I want you to take note of this thing I'm going to say, because this is how important it is. He says, everybody should be, would you say this with me, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There's some amazing Uh, some amazing guidelines right there. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God, with other people, right? So it does not produce the righteousness that God desires, right? It doesn't produce it. Human anger does not produce. So what I want you to do instead of just getting angry is I want you to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So three rules for fighting fair and listening well. Number one, is quick to listen. And I was thinking about this this week. What does it mean? Why did James use the word quick? Why didn't he just say, listen, you should, you should listen. Start by listening. I think, I think the word quick there means that listening should be our first response. Like, like whenever you realize, hey, we're about, to, we're about to have an argument here, that the first thing that you do is not Hey, what's my point going to be, and, and how am I going to get my quick jab right in, and how am I going to make my point once she stops talking, and once he starts you know, doing his lawyer deal, when do, what am I going to say next? James says, your first response should be listen, not talk. Does that make sense? Like, wouldn't that help right out of the gate if one of you just decided, I'm going to be the listener, and you're like, that's how it is every time. Maybe it's time to switch roles. Can I get an amen on that, right? Like, it's my turn now. You've talked for 30 years. Now it's my turn. And if you talk again, I'm going to cut you a little bit for Jesus. I'll pray for you after. God heal him from the wound I just administered. The little stab I gave him. It's a violent church. (laughs) Visitors are like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he always like this? Yes. Something's wrong with me. 
So, so what do we do instead of being quick to listen, we're quick to jab, we're quick to, to get our, 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 our information out? But this brings about a few strong verses from the wise man Solomon. Look at this one. This is the first one that I want you to see, Proverbs chapter 10. When words are, say it with me, many sin is, look at this, this is a funny way to say it, sin is not absent. Like, if you keep talking, there's going to be some sin going down, right? But he who holds his tongue is wise. Next one, Proverbs 12, 18. Reckless words, and by the way, reckless words are the kind of words that happen the angrier we get. Can I get a good amen? Like we're just, it's just willy-nilly. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings what? Healing. So the person who is quick to listen and go, oh, I want to say something right here, but what I'm going to say is probably going to cut like a knife. Cuts like a knife. Brian Adams, anybody? Okay, anyways. Um, uh, too old for y'all. Like That's 80s. Anyways, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Look at the third verse here, Proverbs 18, 2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, which is the byproduct of listening, by the way. But they delight in what? Airing their own opinions. Just so if that's you all the time, here's what Solomon says you are. I didn't say it. Don't shoot the messenger. Fools. Pity the fool, Mr. T would say, who talks and airs their own opinions. That's from uh, Mr. T, chapter 3, uh, verse 4. Some of you don't even know who Mr. T is, do you? I think I drank too much Big Red today because I'm kind of jacked up. A, a fool is like, I don't really care what you have to say. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. You're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Two people who just yell at each other are never going to get anywhere. Come on, amen, somebody? That's just not going to work out. Scripture says that when we're just fighting to make our point, we are foolish. We're not fighting fair. It won't work. So stop to listen and hear, but here's the deal. Listening is a skill, and some of us never learned how to do it well, but if it's fundamentally about respect, then respect says, I need to, I need to, I need to put down my phone. Can I get an amen on that one, somebody? I need to lay down the remote. Can I get another amen from that one? That one hurt me at my own heart because I, I need to put it down as well. Come on, how many of you, the remote... Is, makes you feel godlike. I don't want to watch that. Don't want to watch that. Don't want to watch that. Can we just leave it on anything? No. You know, I'm just saying, no. I, I don't know why I said that. Um, anyways, here's the other thing about this. Sometimes we don't understand what listening is. We think that discussion and listening are the same thing, but listening is a one-way street, meaning somebody has to listen to the other person. Discussion will get there, but we start, James says, by being quick to let the other person go first. J Gary Chapman, he writes some amazing books, Five Love Languages. You may have heard of this book, but he's got another book, What I Wish I Knew Before I, was, I Got Married. He says it's okay to request a listening time. Like when, when things are going at it and you realize we're not making any progress here, it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I'd like to stop and then t tomorrow at seven, I just, I just want to hear you out. I'm not going to say a word until you tell me, okay, what do you think about that? It's okay to request. I know it feels corny. I know it does, but it might work. Request a listening time. So listening is hard, and I think this is why James starts with quick to listen. H here's three issues that for me, these are my issues. Maybe they're not yours. I can confuse understanding with agreement. 
Meaning, understanding what somebody is saying doesn't mean you have to agree with him or her, right? Whether you agree or, with him or not is not the key to listening. And, and I think so much of the problems in our world would stop if we just took time to listen to people, and in particular people we don't agree with. Well, they're wrong, and I'm going to tell them. But it's not, that's not, is that helping everybody? It's not helping. No, it's not. Listen. The second thing that I struggle with is feeling the need to correct errors because sometimes when you're emotional, you'll, you'll use hyperbole, you'll, you'll overstate things, and so the lawyer and some of us goes, that's not true. It wasn't five times that I yelled at you. It was only four. You know what I'm saying? It's like I got to correct that. I only kicked the cat three times, right? Not four. That's not helpful. Can I get an amen on that? That's not helpful. And then the other one that I struggle with is confusing listening with problem solving. And this is a man problem. It may be a woman problem, but I know it's a man problem because sometimes my wife will be like, man, I had a bad day at work today and blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, let me tell you what to do. She's like, I'm going to cut you if you don't just, I don't need you to fix my problem. I just need you to hear what I'm saying. Amen, ladies. Come on, can y'all give a brother an amen? So the second thing the scripture teaches us is be slow to speak. And when we do speak, we guard our words. We guard our words. Here's the thing. Talking without listening leads to arguments. Just does. The real need in our culture today, the real need in our marriages and our relationships is the need to listen. And remember, at the root of it is, the, is, is respect. So here's what Proverbs 21, 23 says. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves, and I would argue keep other people from what? From calamity. So I don't have this for you on the screen, but I want to just read this. Proverbs 18, 21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. The power of, of, of life and death, other translation says, is in the tongue. So what that means is that your words and my words carry a little life in them or carry a little death in them. Yes or no? So your words can either bring life or they can speak death. Our tongues can build up or our tongues can tear down and we often leave, when we get it wrong, a trail of destruction, calamity, to use his word, um, with our tongues. Husbands who, who stab their wives with their words as sharp as daggers, tear down. Wives that lash out with tongues that slice and dice that take away confidence in their husband. Parents that are, have devastated their children by words of death spoken in anger that weren't even really about them. They were about other frustrations that you have and you took it out on them. Children that have exploded at their parents with words that have leveled the entire family like a bomb. This is why James says be slow to speak, or, or sorry, quick to listen and slow to, to speak. And, and when you get ready to speak, you force yourself to ask questions. Should it be said at all? And the second part is should it be said now? I, I don't have time, there's so much I want to say, but wise couples, what they do is that they learn how to have hard conversations during non-confrontational times, meaning you don't wait to drop the bomb that you, you really want to get off your chest when there's already heat and emotion involved. You wait until we're out on a walk together. Hey, babe, you remember that other day that we were talking about that? Can I, can I tell you how that made me feel? Because you're out, maybe you go to Starbucks, right? And you say, hey, we put the, you know, the kids, get a babysitter, we go to Starbucks. I always recommend Starbucks, by the way, because 
If you would yell at each other at home, you probably won't at Starbucks, right? I, I used to do all of our counseling back in the day. Um, when I would counsel people, I'd do it at, at Starbucks, and they'd be like, why are we meeting at Starbucks? I was like, because one time I didn't meet at Starbucks and things were thrown at my head. I'm not even lying. I went to their house and they were throwing things across the room and dropping words that, you know, would make a sailor blush. And I was like, I'm never coming into the house again. I am not a doctor who makes house calls. So I started doing it at, at Starbucks and so they'd be like, okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. <laughs> Brings down the temperature, y'all. Pro tip, pro tip. Have those hard conversations at Starbucks, but they're closed right now. Go to the patio. They won't kick you off. Go to Summer Moon. It's open right here on the corner. Can I get a word? They, have, they, 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 they work on their marriage when things are going well, not when they're going bad. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It does to the wise people. Oh, I want to say these things. I don't have to. I'm going to finish here. Third point, third point, third point. I'm going to do a seminar. Sometime. No, I'm just kidding. Where I can take all the time I want. Can I get Romans 12 right here real quick? So Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in what? In love. So third point is be devoted to one another. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Be devoted to one another. So think about the word Devotion. Right, you can't be devoted to everything and everybody, can you? Right, there's only a few things that get your devotion. Maybe for you, it's it's a pet. You know, you, um, I love my dog. I, we have a duck here at Life One. I don't know if you guys know we have a duck, but we do. Somebody brought him as a gift to us a couple of years ago. Brother Adam lives out there in the woods back there. <laughs> I called him brother. Let me tell you how, how devoted I am to this duck. Now, uh, during the freeze last week, I put him in my office for the whole week. It was a terrible mistake. <laughs> I can't breathe in there. I didn't realize how stinky ducks are. What kind of things that they will do to I'm casually flicking a tear off my cheeks. But I left him in there even knowing after, after about the second day, I was like, oh dear God, what have I done? I left him in there. I'm devoted to Adam, our duck. Devoted, that's special. That's a special attention. You, you pay money. You, you sacrifice for things that you're devoted to. James, or Paul says, be devoted. It's set apart. You don't give this kind of love, this kind of attention, this kind of affection to anybody but this person. And then he goes on, and, and I have so much I want to say. He says, so, so, so let me say this. We're, we're devoted. You know what devoted means? I'm not going anywhere. Hey, babe, I'm never going to stop holding your hand. We may fight sometimes. We may not agree. We may have some bad weeks, some bad months. We may have some bad years. I'm not going anywhere. I am devoted to you. There's no insecurity. We don't, we don't, we don't have divorce as an option on the table. It's not an option. We never throw that word out because you talk about a word with death in it. And I've seen people go, well, we just might as well get divorced. You ought never say that. Come on. Well, but I have. Don't do it again. I'm telling you, don't do it again. It's, it's, it's got power, that word. We're devoted. And then look at the second half of the verse. 
honor one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. How? Listen, listen. Above yourselves. The ESV translates it like this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Make it a competition with each other. You will not out-honor me. I will cut you if you do. I don't know why the cutting has come back in my language today. It's all the ice and lack of water that I went through last week. Can I get an amen? It's going to cut saws and CPS, just a little nick. Governor, whoever. You know what I'm saying? It's a little. Honor means that we place high value, high estimation, like, she, she's up here. Because, listen, life... Society, culture is making us feel like we're down here, but not in my house. In my house, that woman right there. Other people are right here, but Rachel is on a how never level. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? How never We put the other person first. We give respect because no matter what we're feeling like at that moment, that woman, that man was created in the image of God. Come on. And then I thought about this word this morning. What if we had real gratitude? Like we're praying, God, thank you. God, thank you for giving that woman to me. Thank you that she picked me. Thank you that he chose me. I'm so grateful. I don't always feel that, but I am. I am. And then what if you took that, not just to God, but what if you just reminded them every now and then, man, I can't tell you how lucky I feel that, that you married me. I can't tell you how grateful I am. Like, C.J. Mahaney, what if we were looking for evidences of grace rather than flaws? What if I became grace-focused when maybe my trajectory has been flaw-focused. It will change. Let me tell you this. If you could just do this one verse, I, I can't do anything about the past, neither can you. If we could do it from this day forward, I can almost guarantee you that you'll have a relationship that lasts a lifetime and that flourishes and grows. Like, isn't that a good hashtag goal? Because, like, like, you're like, well, we're going to have a relationship that lasts a lifetime. It's like all about my grit. You know what I mean? Like, God, we're going to last, I promise you. That's a good quality, but it's, it's more than just Beavis. You know what I'm saying? Beavis and his brother. I can't say his name. Remember Beavis? He's always shaking. <laughs> we're going to make it. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about Beavis at church. <laughs> what was I supposed to be saying? Oh, yeah. It's more than just lasting a lifetime. God, listen, God's plan for your life. Go out there and look at the verse that's on the backside of this wall right here is for you to flourish, planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of God. They, they flourish. That's God's plan for your life is that you flourish. Not just financially, not just career-wise, but that you flourish in your relationships. So, be devoted to one another and honor one another above yourselves. Be grateful.
And in the doing of this, you'll last a lifetime and you'll flourish and grow. Amen, somebody? Father, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity, God, to, to share what you put on my heart, God, the, the word of the Lord. God, um, I just pray for folks who are struggling right now because of communication, because maybe there have been words of death. Maybe there's been some piercing swords that have, that have wreaked havoc in homes and lives. Maybe it was words that were spoken over us when we were kids that we've never been sort of able to get from, out from under. But God, I'm just praying for healing, that, that, that the words of the wise bring healing. That the calamity that's been sort of wreaked over our hearts and our lives, our marriages, our relationships because of words that were not fitly spoken. God, we could change that in this place, that we would learn how to, God, at a base, just show respect and honor and grace. God, would you give us the wisdom and and the ability to do this well, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray for marriages. I pray for relationships that that are in formation right now, God, that you would... Give them grace, give them wisdom, give them strength, Lord, to repent if that's what's necessary. Some of us, God, this, this, some of us could walk away and go, that was a cute little message, but at the end of the day, Lord, what we've been doing is sinning against one another. And the only way to make that right is that we forgive one another. God, as Christ forgave us, we are supposed to forgive one another, and I just pray that our marriages and our relationships would be marked by grace and forgiveness when we've been wrong, that we would quickly quickly forgive that would keep short accounts because love keeps no record of wrong first corinthians 13 says that we would not be record keepers unless we're keeping track of the grace and the goodness and the blessings and the wins that we've given one another i pray this over these families over these marriages and i pray them in jesus name in jesus name amen can we give the lord a big old hand would you real quick Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.